Good day and welcome to What's Happening MoCo, a podcast from your award-winning government television station, County Cable Montgomery. Now, here's your host, Derek Kenny. Good day and welcome to What's Happening MoCo. And we're still live, recording live from the Montgomery County Agricultural Fairground, a place where you meet all types of wonderful and awesome people, people that provide you with food, people that provide you with entertainment, people that keep you safe on the rides, and people that help to keep the residents of Maryland safe as a whole. Please join me in welcoming Maryland State Senator Cheryl Kagan. Hi, Derek. It's great to be with you today. You left out the animals. you got to mention the bunny barn, the goats, the little yes. piglets, yes. the cows, and, go- and they're adorable. There, there are so many wonderful attractions here at the fair. And in terms of education, you can bring your kids here, and yes, they'll have fun. You can make them dizzy, you can make them nauseous, you can make them full of food, but you can also make them full of information and knowledge. You can pet a horse, you can pet a sheep, you can hold a bunny. Yep. You know, you can see how big roosters are, which are amazing. Who knew they were like three, three feet tall, right? They're, these things are bigger than dogs, right? Yep. So, and here we are at the fairgrounds, and now we can even meet our elected representative that's here that of course cares and that has information for us here and just want to talk with Derek on the What's Happening MoCo podcast. So yeah, we even get serenaded. We've got some music <laughs> that just started so we'll have to uh, dance along as we're chatting. And, and so and again we are recording live at the Montgomery County Agricultural Fair. There's a lot of great things going on. We have pig races to the right. We have <laughs> abracadabra to the left. So and in the middle we have uh, information from our favorite state senator Joe Kagan. Now, of course, we are uh, produced by County Care Montgomery, and we don't have any favorites when it comes to the political process. We don't endorse anyone, um, but we do bring information from your government and elected officials. Speaking of bringing information, what what types of things, well, let's, let's step back, because I'm not totally familiar with your history, and other people may not be familiar with your history. So what brought you Senator Cheryl Kagan yep. to politics. Sure. So first off, folks might be interested to know that I am a native Montgomery County resident. Wow. I went K through 12 in our public schools, graduated, went off to college, and came back to do politics and policy. And yes. uh, so I started at the national level. I worked on gun control and, and campaign finance reform and all that. And then uh, there was a vacancy in my Rockville, Gaithersburg district. And it took people eight months to talk me into it, but I decided to run for the House of Delegates. And I won in a 10-way race and uh, served for eight years. And I think sometimes people stay in office too long. And I chose to not seek re-election after eight years. Ultimately, I was out for 12 years running a charitable foundation, working on uh, volunteerism and community service. We worked together on that. Yeah. Montgomery serves. Montgomery, Montgomery serves. Yeah. I launched that program for the Fund for Montgomery, a bunch wow. of other stuff, and then I ran for the Senate. It's very unusual to have a 12-year break. I came back, and I'm uh, starting my eighth year as a senator. Well, I would imagine taking that much of a break and working with volunteers and getting to meet people that want to give, that are passionate about the county, gives you a different perspective. What what brought you back, and, and what, what has you passionate now? So what brought me back? That's a complicated question, but um, I believe in democracy. I believe in offering voters a choice. And uh, 
and making sure that they can uh, understand their options before they vote. And uh, so there was a candidate that I disagreed with on a bunch of important issues, and so I decided to throw my hat in the ring, and the voters selected me. All right. All right. So the voters selected you. You're now Maryland State Senator Kagan. Of course. Uh, what what is it that you're passionate about now? Uh, I believe you mentioned nine one one, but yes. there's so many things that come to mind when it comes to nine one one. There's oh, yeah. a, there's a number you dial nine one one, and then what you know what what is it about nine one that has you passionate, and what things should we know as residents and people that work in the county? So, Derek, first off, I hope this podcast can go about three hours because I can talk <laughs> forever about this topic. Um, let me start with the reality that three people have died in my district when 911 has failed. So this isn't, 911 is not a nice to have, not an optional government service. It is literally life or death. And when it doesn't work correctly, people die, houses burn down, bad guys get away. And so I have been, I have dedicated the last seven years of my life to improving Maryland's 911 system and our laws and I started in memory of my friend and constituent, Carl Henn, who was struck by lightning uh, in a freak thunderstorm at the celebration of a community garden in Rockville that he established. And, uh, and so when a, the thunderstorm came through, everyone ran to their cars and no one remembered that Carl had bicycled over and he hid under a tree and was struck by lightning. And uh, anyway, so it is in Carl's memory that I have been working. So what are some of the things, the items that are on your list to help improve 911? Yeah. So I created and I chair a statewide 911 commission, uh, Next Generation 911. So nationally, we are moving from landlines to our cell phones, right? And there are challenges with that. So how can we make sure we have the technology, the hardware, the software, the cybersecurity, and the trained staff? to make sure that everyone's ready to save lives. Um, so in the, this capacity as chair of the 911 commission, I set up four subcommittees, uh, funding, and, uh, funding and structure, staffing and training, cybersecurity and technology, and oversight and accountability. And each of those four have been so busy and we have um, passed 11 laws to upgrade our 911 systems. Wow. Now you mentioned that you passed 11 laws and you all these committees. What give us an example of one of the laws that you're most proud of, and what does that law uh, seek to do for residents of Maryland? Oh golly, so hard to pick. Um, so one of the things that's really important is making sure that all 24 counties have enough funding to pay for their 911 systems. And for years, people have been paying one dollar for their 911 fee. And that had happened, that had been that way unchanged for many, many, many years. Well, let's say, Derek, that you had a landline and you'd pay a buck for your 911 fee. And then you got a cell phone and you paid a buck. Well, then you got a family plan. And let's say your family has two parents and three kids. So five people could be calling 911. And you know what you're paying? A buck. So five times the demand, no increase in dollars. So we adjusted the funding to make sure that our counties had enough funding to, um, so we adjusted the formula so that, so that we could hire and train talented people, upgrade the systems, make sure we're not hacked, and, uh, and then make sure that it is only spent on 911. Now, how has it, 
how has it impacted the actual performance now of is there enough data to provide that type of information so so one one data point is that it's really hard to hire train and retain our 911 specialists the courageous women and men who are under the headsets so every day on every shift they pick up the phone and they have no idea what they're going to get it could be Susie who's crying because her kitty is up a tree or it could be someone who is raping a little boy it could be someone who is about to shoot themselves or someone else it's it's dreadful it can be someone you know my baby isn't breathing help me it can be it can be my house is on fire help me get grandma out who's in a wheelchair i mean the the range of calls is extraordinary so make one of the things that we have worked on is making sure they get mental health support training and we're working on um workers compensation for the post traumatic um uh PTSD the post traumatic stress disorder that many 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 of them experience oh, wow that's a lot of good things it's a lot i a lot of good things <laughs> no it would be remiss if i didn't address one of the major things that's affected our county our state our country our yes. world over the last couple of years i guess we're still inside of year 2 covid-19 really adversely impacted many of us. Yes. What, how has that affected you as a state senator, and how have the, has it adjusted your, your approach to serving? So before I go broadly to COVID um, and me as a senator, I'm going to stay on 911 okay. because, because COVID has affected everything. Right. And just as soon as you think that it's just about masks uh, or vaccines, which everybody should get, um, um, it's really, so even our 911 centers, how do you get people there on the console helping take calls, um, dispatch help, and all stuff, and not infect each other? They're sharing bathrooms and kitchens and all that. So how do you keep them safe? Uh, can some of them work from home and telecommute with the technology, the safety and the privacy? Because you don't want your health information right. overheard by your family or yeah. something. So. COVID has been a challenge for 911 as well, and that's just the tiniest little tip of the iceberg. Wow, okay. So 911, so so, much, so many more things, so many more nuances than anyone can imagine. We take it for granted. It's been so good in many cases Yes. that we take it for granted. 100%. However, there's a lot of work in policy, there's a lot of work in practice Yes. that makes it work well for Maryland. So let me talk about finding you. You call 911 from your landline, your home line, if you still have one, and it knows that Derek is calling from 123 Main Street. It has your name, it has your address, and it's got your phone number, and it's instantly available. Well, if you call from your cell phone, it's not sure where you are. So it gets the address of the local cell tower, not of where your telephone is sitting right here in the middle of the Gaithersburg Fairgrounds. And so if you're, God forbid, having an emergency right here, by the time an, an ambulance could get to you, problematic. So one of the things that we're working on is improving um, geolocation, the geographic information system, our mapping, to make sure that people can locate you more accurately. And it's not just, if you all remember, the x-axis and the y-axis, like the longitude and latitude, but it's also the z-axis, the height. So if you are in an office building, a hospital, a hotel, they've got to be able to find which floor you're on and how high up you are. Right. Quick story. 
one of the fellows who died in my district called in the morning from his employer's building and said, I think I'm having a heart attack. And they sent people to building one, and it's a large employer in my district, and they went every building, every office, on every floor in building one, and they found his dead body. Ten hours later, cleaning staff found him uh, in building three. And it was because of the lack of precision in being able to find which building and in what office, what, what floor. So we've, we're continuing to work on that. No, it sounds like a challenging solution. However, I play golf, you know, and I, we have apps that will tell you how far to the pin. Yes. And they're within 10, 15 feet. And we're going over hundreds of yards. Right. So are we, are we making progress? Can you tell that we're making progress in technology and cellular technology to be able to help pinpoint where people are or in a way that might help? 911 responders? We are making progress. People say, how come the pizza guy can find me and how come 911 can't? There are dreadful stories of people dying at a locked door to an emergency room at a hospital. Like, they're so close to getting help, but they were at the wrong door and nobody could find them. There are really awful stories. So the Federal Communications Commission at the national level oversees the telephone providers and they have said that doing the height the Z-axis is so critical. They've been delaying, they've been ignoring it. And so they said, enough is enough. You've got to start doing this. And they're starting to find them if they don't get their act together. Wow, okay. It's, it's real. So I want to do one more thing and then I'll go to COVID if you want. Um, so the 911 specialists, if you have any interest and think you care about public safety and want to be involved in saving lives and saving property, it takes a special kind of person but it's a great job. We talk about police, fire, and paramedics as our first responders. These folks, our 911 specialists, are our first first responders. And we need um, people with a thick skin, a calm demeanor, and you get trained in everything, but you have to be able to multitask, listen and type and do all this stuff pretty quickly. Uh, But they are worth their weight in gold and we need more of them. And, and more importantly, I think uh, the, the impact of offering high-quality jobs has its own service to families and communities all over the state as well. Absolutely. So is there a place where we could find more information, I guess, for the jobs part of this? or So if you go to – so it depends on where you live. I don't know yeah. if we're only Montgomery Countyans who are listening, but certainly Montgomery County's website, uh, yeah. they would have job stuff. But I can tell you that virtually every – County in Maryland has jobs opening right now for 911 specialists. Okay, so if someone has the gifts, not necessarily specific gifts, yeah, for 911 operators, but the potential, yep, then they can apply. A hundred percent, they might be considered. Okay, it takes usually eight to twelve months of training before you are independent and able to do it. So it's not like they put you on the phones the first day and say, good luck, go save lives. You get a lot of training, and they check you out to make sure that you can do the job because most folks can't. It's really a special person. It's hard, and I imagine it's stressful. Very stressful. Because if you have any type of empathy and compassion, when someone calls you and their yep. voice is trembling or they're giving you They're a, shrieking and, and crying. And on, they're, yep. But you still need to be able to deliver service. How can I help you, ma'am? Yes. Okay. Let me talk you through this. We're going to tell you how to do CPR on your baby who's turning blue. And I'm going to be so calm and 
Yeah, it's crazy. So you're talking about heroes. And totally. Sheroes and, and heroes. And most of them are women and most are people of color. Yeah. And so and they are invisible unless they screw up. In which case then they're visible. Then they're on then they're on national TMZ T M Z and the, the, the right. things It's terrible. Playing. Yeah. And but we're talking about heroes. Because these yes. people are saving lives. And we're talking about even the people that didn't have the right technology supporting them, those are heroes as well. So yeah. we're we're making sure we can support our heroes, our first responders. Our, our technicians, we're trying to make sure that they are able to be in position to continue to save lives. Right. And do it better in a better way. Right. Right? Okay. So let me, so I promise you we'll get back to COVID, no, but I want to pivot if I can. Pivot. Okay. So 911, because it's hard to find folks and hire them and train them, there's, they're overloaded and you don't want to be put on hold when you're calling 911, right? If like hurry up, my house is burning down or yeah. whatever. So I uh, have been working on launching a statewide 311. Now Montgomery County has a 311 system. Yes, yes you do. Um, so when, what day does my recycling get picked up or who can I call about the tree that fell in my driveway or how can I, how, where can I get a COVID shot? You can get all those and I don't speak English as my primary language or my I don't can't afford the internet or my internet is down because we're in the middle of a power outage. Being able to dial 311 and get transferred or get help is huge. And there are only five counties right now in Maryland that have 311. We are looking to roll it out statewide as a way of supporting and lightening the load on 911, but also providing great customer service for residents who need help. And so when someone dials 311, they'll get their local services. Yes. Okay. So, so it won't be someone in, in Calvert County getting services from. Okay. So me, it might be someone working in Calvert County, but they will have all the information about Montgomery County. Okay. So we're going to, we're talking about multiple locations around the state. So in case we need a backup, something's down or someone in there had COVID or something, we need to clean it and all that. Uh, but the bottom line is, you need information for your own jurisdiction. Right. Yes, and that will happen. Certainly. And uh, 311 Montgomery County, I would say, has been doing a great job. And that's probably why you have a model to yep. uh, expand it, maybe. Yep. Okay. Fantastic. Okay. And uh, I've got to give a shout out to, uh, to my constituent, who is the head of our 311 system in Montgomery County, Brian Roberts. Brian he, Roberts is a great man. I know Brian that Brian Roberts yeah. is a great guy, yep. Gaithersburg resident, and a buddy of mine. And sure. he has helped coach the uh, director of the Maryland Emergency Management Agency, wow. and me on establishing a statewide 311. So, yay, Brian. That is awesome. Uh, kudos to Brian. All right, Brian. Yeah. And, and Montgomery County, of course. And, of course. And, and all of the staff. It takes a lot of people to work. It sure does. Yeah. Sure. And, and you started to speak about COVID. I think you were... Let's, let's do that. But we don't have to talk about it in depth. Okay. But let's talk about it uh, in the micro level, how it affected you and your service and how you serve. So first off, I'm going to talk about it for my constituents because okay. that's more important. Then I'll talk about it as me. Oh, that, that's, so, that's perfect. so constituents, first off, all of a sudden people were losing their jobs. Mm -hmm. They were getting sick and they were having trouble getting unemployment benefits. And we have been working for a year and a half now to try to get earned unemployment benefits for the residents of my district in Rockville and Gaithersburg. We have a a special page on my website, CherylKagan.org. You can click through and get information, COVID information, unemployment insurance. The Hogan administration has had three different contractors, three different systems, and it is still not working. So um, for the last bunch of months, really a long time actually, we've been tweeting 
every week. Um, I tweet all the time, but hashtag want to action Wednesday. And every Wednesday we talk just about unemployment and we're like, okay, governor Hogan, okay. Department of labor. When are you going to help my people get, get their unemployment benefits? And so we have started telling personal stories and I will tell you last week, a constituent, uh, said you can use my name and you can tag me and you can tell my story. And he had been, um, he was uh, threatened, worried about losing his sober housing. And he had gotten clean from alcohol and drugs, and he could be evicted because he wasn't getting his unemployment benefits that he was entitled to. So we tweeted and tagged him and talked about his story. He got a check the next day, Whoa. or the transfer, maybe not a check, but he got the money the next day, and he tweeted back at us, and it was the six-year anniversary of his being sober, oh, which wow. is so huge. So we can help people. Um, every legislator, every senator has been working on unemployment benefits. So if you live in my district, go to CherylKagan.org. If you live somewhere else, definitely go um go to your senator, your delegates, and check in with them. It is a state program. Don't bother Jamie Raskin. Don't bother Chris Van Hollen. Make sure you connect with your state legislators. And if you're not sure who your state legislators are, and you should, um, go to mdelect.net, www.mdelect.net. You can type in your home address, and it'll tell you everyone who represents you at the federal, state, and county level. All right, all right. So if you're watching this on Facebook or YouTube, I, I put the the URLs up there. That's CherylKagan.org and MDelect.net. Yep, perfect. Uh, phonetically um, spelled. However, Kagan's with a K. And Cheryl's with a C. Yes. C-H, okay? Yeah. So be sure to reach out if it's appropriate. Yeah. Uh, using the URLs just given. And I think it's so we have a Google form. You upload all your information wow. about your case. We can take it, send it to our person at the Department of Labor and we can uh, try to get try to try to see if we can get you your benefits. So that's one example. There's also um, grants for small businesses for nonprofits that I've been working on. I uh, always say that I fancy myself to be the senator for the nonprofit sector. And <laughs> yeah. so when everyone else is talking about small businesses, which are totally important and the backbone of our cities, I always say, and nonprofits. What can we be doing to help Interfaith Works and MANA and and the Jewish Council for the Aging and 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 the Conflict Resolution Center in Montgomery County and 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 there's so many Red Wiggler, there's so many important nonprofits who are making a difference for housing, disabilities, food, you know, battered women, and we have to be able to support them as well. Yeah, it's so important. Yeah. Now lastly before we go. I don't know. I, mean, I haven't you, talked about COVID for me. Uh, oh, gosh. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Oh, Hold on. And I okay. got one more thing, too. All right. All right. So. Okay. Can I do that? Yes, of course. All of right. course. So Please. COVID for me. All right. So I'm this extreme extrovert. I love being with people. I love going well, to events. Extreme extrovert. Extrovert's already extreme. I'm pretty out there. Yeah, extreme so, extrovert. Okay. So cool. I love being with people. Okay. I love hugging folks. I love connecting with my constituents, oh, friends, and yeah. colleagues. Yeah. And so being inside um, alone and trying to just help people through email and stuff has been a challenge. But um, we came back, the Senate convened this year, and we were put in these 
Uh, they were called aquariums or they were called telephone booths, but we were surrounded by plexiglass on the Senate floor and in our committees. We had to be masked. Okay, I'm wearing a terrapin mask here. Wow. Uh, we had yeah. to be masked all the time, and uh, but our voting sessions, our hearings and all that, uh, we really tried to show up for our constituents, and we got an awful lot done. Uh, but that was a challenge. And then right. making sure that people know that they have to get tested when it was just testing, and then that they had to get vaccinated once the vaccines were available. All right. Wow. That's it's it's important that people understand that not only the people they rely on in the crisis are there for them, and but it's also important that they that the people that are helping people are adjusting as well. No question. And you know we all have that shared experience and that shared need. Yeah. For support. And I guess that's good for people to know. 100%. Um, is there anything else that you'd like to add? Well, I'm so glad brief, you asked briefly, that. Any, briefly. Anything else briefly to add, yes. So during COVID, one of the things that I did, and you're you're doing a podcast, yeah. mm-hmm. I launched my own podcast. Wow, all right. So that's pretty Jeez. cool. That's so okay. um, it's a vlog. It's okay. it's on, I have a YouTube channel. Okay. So you can check out my YouTube channel, um, youtube.com slash Sen Cheryl Kagan, S-E-N, like Senator. Cheryl Kagan, C-H-E-R-Y-L-K-A-G-A-N. And uh, and I have a podcast called Kibitzing with Kagan. And a kibitz is a little chat. So they are brief interviews with people I find fascinating. And uh, I have just recorded number 55, I think. Which 55. Is cool. That's yeah. commitment. Yeah. That's commitment. That's not a that's not a passing fancy. That's commitment. Okay. So we have uh, interviewed, I have interviewed anyone from our county chief of police to our superintendent of schools to the uh director of our mental health of every mind our mental health um organization to the president of the senate and so much more it's been it's been a lot of fun and i know a lot of cool people so it's fun to chat with them very cool and, and now you know the host of what's happening moco so that just exactly you know, that's, a, <laughs> that's another cool person how awesome is that <laughs> so humble mm-hmm. yes uh, shameless plug and and speaking of shameless plugs and calls for support be sure to support Cheryl Kagan in her podcast uh, by subscribing to her YouTube channel. Yeah. And uh, is, it, is it also a, a, a conventional podcast? Yes. And searching for it a podcast. New. Being yes. your favorite podcasting platform. Yep. And as always, as always. Circle back and, and listen to MoCo podcast I here. I will always ask you guys to listen to the What's Happening MoCo podcast. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe via your favorite podcasting platform. And if you don't subscribe, you can catch us on demand or on YouTube or Facebook. And you can even ask Alexa. Uh, Alexa, play the What's Happening MoCo podcast. Wow. And, and you'll be able to hear What's Happening MoCo because you deserve the answers. Thank you to Cheryl Kagan, Senator Cheryl Kagan, who's been doing so much for constituents of Maryland uh, and, and fighting for improvement of the 911 system and serving all the way through COVID. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Derek. Great to talk to you. Excellent. All thank the best you. to you. Take all care. Best to you too. Thanks. Thanks for listening and please subscribe.